0: So let's pick up with Ephesians 6.10, and today we're going to get into the sword of the Spirit. Which is the word of God. Listen to what he says. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place with the feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace in addition to all of this take up the shield of faith which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and take on the helmet of salvation and the sword of of the spirit which is the word of God and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind be alert all Always and keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Now, Ephesians is a really interesting book and the layout is really interesting as well because you come to the end of the book and you get this exhortation about the armor of God but if you back up to verses five and six or chapters five and six you're going to see where he's talking about spouses loving each other submitting to one another he talks about children and parents and how relationship between them should go and interact he talks about masters and owners and slaves like our employers and how we are to honor the people in these places of authority above us and and he's linking a healthy relationship in our home, in the workplace, in the church all with spiritual warfare. He's linking these relationships. That's what he's doing when he's bringing it down to all of these relationships. That's why he talks about it. Much of walking in the spirit has to do with your relationships with your husband, your wife, your family, the community, this church, everywhere we go. And why do we think the enemy is coming in and making these relationships so poison, destroying all of this? Because we don't understand. We're in a war. We're in a bad battle. We're in a warfare that the enemy wants to come in and steal, kill, and destroy every bit of unity between everybody. And he wants to destroy all of this. And so these are spiritual forces that we're fighting against that are trying to destroy All of these relationships, all of these things. And he says it is a fight to stay in healthy relationships. It's a fight. It's a fight to keep coming to church with people. It is a fight to keep staying in a marriage. It is a fight to keep parenting our children. It is a fight to keep doing all of these things. But we've got to stay in the fight. And he's telling us how to stay in the fight. You put on this armor and you stand. You stand, you stand in the armor of God. You stand in God's weaponry. The reason our churches and our families and all these things are destroyed is we're not, we're fighting in our armor. Well, I went to the pastor for counseling. Well, I went to here. Well, I went to there. Well, I did that. Well, we tried to get along. No, you're fighting with your trying or a psychologist or a psychiatrist. You're not fighting with the weaponry that God has supernaturally provided so you can stay in the marriage, so you can parent the children, so you can stay in the church, so you can keep in uh, the one accord with one another. Amen? Put on the armor of God so that you can have this, these spiritual relationships that you need to have and you can fight. Because I'm going to tell you what, the fight is coming because here's what we've done in America. I wrote it in the newsletter. Here's what we've done. Hey, we've wanted to go to church and we've wanted to have everything for us, ourselves. And we want to pamper and cater ourselves and we don't want anything bad to come our way, right? Right? Come on, pastor, give me a good sermon that I feel good when I leave here. Ten minutes, about. Maybe 20 minutes. We'll give you 20. And and But you better have a joke at the beginning and a little skit and a drama. You better have good entertainment for the kids. You better have coffee back there that's warm and hot and tastes like... Uh, the coffee shop down the road with every little latte, lotty skinny, all that mess. And you got to entertain me. You got to keep me and you got to keep me happy. You got to have the music just right. You got to have the words up on the screen just right. And then, man, if you don't have it just right, we're out of here. We're going to the church down the road because they can do it better and they can make us feel good, right? Right? And if you don't have hymns, we're not coming. If you don't have contemporary, we're not coming. Uh, if you don't have this, we're not. And this. And so there's, there's all this stuff going on in our lives. But here's the deal. It's a fight whether you are a... We are, so you can try to stay out of the battle like we've tried to do. But the battle's coming to you. And something shifted at COVID. And I got news for you. The battle's everywhere. You could get in some corner before in America or here or there, but guess what? The walls are down. The battle is everywhere. The battle's in your school. The battle is in your workplace. The battle is in Washington. The battle is in Moscow. The battle's in China. The battle is in churches. The battle is here. The battle is there. The battle is everywhere. And it is not just physical. There is a spiritual shift that took place with COVID that came on the scene and it's intense like never before. And here's the deal. You are going to be in a battle where you are Christian now or whether you are not so you cannot escape the battle so you might as well come on God's side and put on the armor that He has supplied for you and get engaged in the battle and with weaponry that can cause you to win the battle. Amen? So putting on the armor is taking the word of the gospel and applying it to your life. You apply it. You don't just hear about it. We don't just talk about it. Well, there is a belt of truth. Well, there is a shield of faith. No, you literally take this word and you apply it. You make it applicable. And and, and, you, and, and as you do that, you, you put it on. You, it, it's the question, if this is true. When you start to ask the question, is this true? If this is true, then. When you begin to do that, you're starting to put, the, put it on. If, if. Forgiveness is true, then maybe I need to forgive, right? We're not just reading about forgiveness and saying, man, that's good. The preacher preached a good message on unforgiveness today. Great job. No, we're saying, if that's true, then I've got to do something, okay? When you, that's when you're starting to put the armor on, when you start to say, if this is what the Word of God, if the Word of God says I need to stay in my marriage, then it doesn't really matter how I feel, that I'm unhappy, Right? That He doesn't make me happy anymore. He doesn't stir my coffee with two sugars. Right? Come on. He doesn't fluff my pillow at night. And, and to bring me roses anymore. And so I'm, I, I, I don't feel like I love them anymore. If the word of God is true then we must do something about it and so 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 we if if the word of God says that that, that uh, uh, stepping out of your marriage and having sex is adultery then it is adultery and I and I should not do it if it says young people that having sex out of marriage is a sin and it's called fornication and those type of people won't enter the kingdom of heaven then I uh, if that's what it says then I should not do it it's not just agreeing with it well that's what it says and now I keep on going with my life but now we're beginning to say if this is true then if this is what the word of God says then I'm going to apply it I'm going to connect these two two thoughts and if I'm living it, then why am if that is true then why am I still living the way that I'm living and so we begin to apply the word of God so we're coming to the last and we're going to make a connection between that Uh, These two thoughts uh, uh, and the armor of God. We're coming to the last piece of armor, which is the sword of the Spirit. And this is really interesting. I learned a lot because we started with the Word of God and we're ending with the Word of God. Right? We started with the belt of truth. And we're ending with the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. But here's the unique thing. So the belt is the Word of God, the first piece. The last piece is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. They're the same, yet they're used differently. They are the same yet they have they are used completely differently, and you are going to find this out, and it is absolutely awesome. What did we say the belt of truth was? We said the belt of truth is the first piece of, of, of equipment, and it's vital. We said the belt you put on and it holds all of the other pieces together. It's absolutely the foundational piece of the armor. You have to put on the belt of truth to hold everything else together. You can't have your robe flowing down like they used to wear that you tucked in the belt. You can't have that all out and everywhere without the belt on and trying to do hold the sword of the spirit, I mean, the, the, wave the sword of the spirit and do all these other things just the helmet of salvation. You have to put on the foundational piece which is the belt of truth. is foundational. You put it on before everything else and when you make it, it what it actually is, is when you make a conscious decision that, that to believe God's word. You believe this word is the final authority. That's the belt of truth. It's the foundational piece. You come to the day where you decide everything in this book, not part of it, not some of it, not the pieces I like, but the, but everything in this book is absolutely the final authority of the Word of God. I don't filter uh, my, I don't let, uh, you know, I, I filter my life through this, right? I don't filter this through my life and then all of a sudden well I don't like that part and I don't really believe that applies and so I'm going to just do this and do that no I filter my life through this and if it says hey I shouldn't work at this place then I don't work there if it says I shouldn't do this or do that or I shouldn't do this on Sunday or I shouldn't do that then I, I filter it through this I don't filter this through my life and say well if I feel like it I'll do it I'll do it no this is the final authority and that's what putting the belt of truth is it's coming to the place where we recognize every jot and tittle, everything in this book is the final authority. I don't treat it like a buffet like we do in America and American churches. I don't, I don't come and say, boy, this is a good buffet. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm going to prosper. And like Paul, the opposite of Paul, I'm never going to suffer. Right? Because I don't like that part. Right, and, and so, so, so we treat it like a buffet. But when you come to the belt of truth, you are putting on the word of God. You're taking the sweet and the bitter. You're taking the you're taking the the the, the good places that God has loved, but yet God is wrath. That God is grace and God is mercy, but God also will discipline. You're taking the whole word of God and you're saying, whether I like it, whether my flesh likes it, whether it doesn't, this is the final authority. It has the final say and you're not saying, I'm, I'm not sure about this part that talks about this, about marriage be- being between a man or a woman. I don't filter it through the culture and says, well, the culture is right. No, I filter the cause. The culture changes about every 50 years. I filter the culture through that and I say, say that's the final authority heaven and earth will pass away but this book will never change nor never pass away so culture you can say one thing but I'm going with this amen I'm going with God's definitions whether you like it or not, and so so uh, the Christian does not just follow the Bible when they agree with the modern culture, but they follow the Bible even when it offends the modern culture. And We need to learn to stand up, and we need to learn to get uh, a, a spiritual backbone, and we need to we need to speak God's word in love, but speak it truthfully to our children. Speak Jesus to our co-workers. Speak Jesus to this one. Speak Jesus. Speak the real Jesus, not this made-up Jesus. American Americanized gospel that we have uh, uh, perverted the grace of God and God. And we need to speak the real Jesus out there to the world so that they'll have an opportunity then to choose whether they want to choose life or death, whether they want to choose heaven or hell, whether they want to make God the real God, their 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 God, or whether they don't. Now every piece, but the uh, so that's that's the belt of truth. That's what the belt of truth. That it's the foundation. It's coming to say and this book, this book is the final authority. Scripture is the final authority. I believe this book. But the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, is something altogether different. Every piece of article so far has been defensive. Shields, defense. We, we, we had helmet, defense. All those things are defensive. But yet, the sword of the Spirit is both defensive and offensive. Okay? Now we're coming to a piece. Here, listen to what uh, uh, Martin Lord Jones, the way he puts it. He said, one of the points of distinction is that the sword is also an offensive weapon. This constitutes its uniqueness. There is no element of the offensive in any of the other five parts of the whole armor of God. But here there is. The sword serves a dual purpose, defensive and offensive. It is sometimes whereby we cannot only repel the enemy, but but also attack the enemy. Man, that sounds good, doesn't it? Yeah. Ah, come on offensive players. Man, doesn't it feel good defense is good, but sometimes you just want to ah attack. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Come on! I want hell to be afraid. I want I want the demons and spiritual forces to 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 uh, to, to, uh, to try to uh, make a mess of my life to leave crying. Don't you want them to leave crying? Don't you want to leave with them fleeing and you taking a swipe at them uh, rather than rather than just uh, uh, where he's not just resisting the devil and he flees, but you're swiping at the devil when he flees. Come on! Uh, just how does that work? How if that's the case? How do we do that? How does that? At work Well, you use the sword of the Spirit and, and it, it actually means to, to know the Word of God in its practical implication. It means to know this Word practically. It means to know it so well that you can use it on the spot. It means to go through this word. It means to have mastery over God's word. It means to understand some of the truths like salvation and sanctification and walking in the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit and how that applies to you and how that applies to other people. It's like the military. Like I don't know, Terry. Maybe this is true. <laughs> I don't know if it's basic training or somewhere else, but I know they take guys and gals now in the military, and one of the things they want you to get familiar with your weapon. Is that true? And they. Want want you to learn to tear that weaponry down. I mean, they want you to know it backwards and forwards. So that if you get out on the battlefield and you go to use that weaponry, that if it gets jammed with sand or something, you know how to fix the problem. You know how to take it apart on the spot, fix it, get it back going. If you lose a piece, you know how to get a piece and repair that thing and get another piece in there. Well, that's the same way that what we're talking about here with the sword of the Spirit. That's what it's doing. You know this word. You know it backwards and forward. It's not just agreeing that this is foundational and this is authority. That, but you now you're getting into the book. You're hiding it in, his heart, in your heart. You're screwing it down. You're getting into some alone time. It's not. We're not talking about it. Here's Here's what makes me fear about. about uh, I'm not trying to get on America. But we're, we are, we're kind of fat and lazy in America. Spiritually every way. But I think leanness is coming. I think a new day is dawning, and and here here, uh, you know we 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 uh, we we we, we got to know this word. We got it's not it's more than taking a little scripture and putting it on your kitchen refrigerator. That's good, that that's really good and that's cute. But you got to know more than just reciting a little scripture to everybody back and forth, one little scripture there here and there. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Okay, that, that's good. But 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 like the military with your weaponry, you've got to put this word in your heart. You gotta read chapters. You got to read a couple chapters a day. You got to get into this book, and you got to hide it in your heart. You got to go into the Word and get the practical implications that are needed. You need to understand why the world needs salvation. You need to understand why you need salvation. You need to understand why we're baptizing people, why we're taking members into the church today, why we gather here under every Sunday. Not just one little scripture or two little scriptures that we throw around on the phone. No, we need to sit down and talk about the Word when we're with family, when we're friends, when we go to people's houses we need to know the word we need to understand the word have you ever read a passage and then all of a sudden you read it so many times and finally the key point jumps out and it, and it comes to you and you're like you realize how it's supposed to come together man it did that today with the sword of the spirit with me And I'll tell you in a minute how. It's so stupid. I don't know why I missed it. Uh, But but Paul, let me show you an example of this. Paul is coming back to Jerusalem. And let me show you how to use, how the sword of the Spirit gets used when we're being attacked. Okay, here's, here's an example. Paul is coming back to Jerusalem. They've just arrested him in the temple. And they're going to literally tear him apart. The Jews, the Sanhedrin, the Roman centurion comes down to rescue him. They put him into a barracks. And he later comes up to the barracks, the centurion does, because he wants him to face the Sanhedrin and the rest of the Jews in order to figure out what's going on. And I want you to look what happens in Acts 22.30. It says, The commander wanted to find out exactly why Paul was being arrested by the Jews, so the next day he released him and ordered the chief priests and all the members of the Sanhedrin to assemble. Then he brought Paul and had him stand before them. Now, this is amazing. Look at Acts 23.1. Paul looked straight at the Sanhedrin and said, My brothers, I have fulfilled my duty to God in all good conscience this day. And at, at this, the high priest Anani, 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 Ananias <laughs> ordered these standing near Paul to strike him on the mouth. Then Paul said to him, God will strike you, you whitewashed wall. Now, that doesn't sound like much of an insult, does it, young guys? Hey, you know what it was like? Your mama's so fat. No, I'm serious. This, is that, this, is the, this was how it was in that day. This, this was, that wasn't just a, a little slight, uh, just, you know, like we read it and think, oh, pfft, Paul, come on, that's pretty weak. You know, come up with something better. No, it was a it was a major insult when he said this. And he said, Paul said, God will strike you, you whitewashed wall. You sit there to judge me according to the law, yet you yourself violate the law by commanding that I be struck. Those who were standing near Paul said, How dare you insult the God's high priest? Paul replied, Brothers, I did not realize that he was the high priest. The Sword is coming out, for it is written, do not speak evil about the ruler of your people. I love this because Paul is blowing it right here. You know why I love Paul blowing it? Because Paul wrote like two-thirds of the New Testament. And Brad Lindsay blows it every day. And I'm so glad to see a man of Paul's caliber blowing it. Paul has been through all kinds of mess. Paul has been through spiritual battle after spiritual battle after spiritual battle. He has been shipwrecked. He has been beaten. He has been assaulted. He has had problems inside the church. He has pro- had problems outside of the church. He is he is he he has preached to Gentiles because he wants Wanted to preach to Gentiles. That was his calling. That's the whole reason he went to Asia. That's the whole reason he's preaching the gospel here and there and everywhere. That's the whole reason he endured all the beatings, all the shipwrecks, is because he wants to spread the gospel to the Gentiles and hopes that it would make his people, the Jews, jealous. That was the real hope. And I'll tell you why. He said, I hope the Jews, the Gentiles get so on fire for God that it opens the Jewish eyes and they want to have. And here's how Paul, I I don't under, you know what he says? He says, I would exchange my salvation for all of them. He says, damn me to hell and save all of them. And this right here, this passage of scripture is God answering the desire of Paul's heart before he is killed. Because look at how miraculous this is. He is allowing Paul. It's like he's answering Paul's prayer and saying you want to stand before your people and you want to present the gospel I'm going to give you that opportunity. I'm going to have you arrested and they're going to bring you before the Sanhedrin and they're going to bring you before these other Jews and you are going to be able to tell them this. And look this is a miracle and he's bringing them before them. And here's the deal. If the Sanhedrin were to to bow down and to accept Jesus Christ then get That's why all of Israel is getting saved. Because pretty much they all follow what the Sanhedrin and these leaders, religious leaders do. And so if if Paul could get through to these guys, it would really have an impact. But here we are at this place. And God allows this spat to go on. Uh, uh, God is answering the desire of this man's heart. And after traveling years speaking to the Gentiles, planting churches. He's going back to Jerusalem. There's a spat that goes on that he's allowed to go through in the temple. The Roman centurion comes. And the whole Sanhedrin is there, and they have to listen to to Paul now. And if they convert, like I said, it, it really affects all of Israel. And so God gives this opportunity to Paul to share the gospel with his people. And all of a sudden, while he has this p- opportunity, uh, the, he opens his mouth to share the gospel with them. And and all of a sudden, the high priest says, "Strike this man!" And they strike this man. And it's the straw. It's the spiritual warfare that the enemy is bringing because he. He knows if these people get converted by Paul, he's got to do something to stir the mess up. So he's coming with a battle. He is coming just like he comes in here with a battle every Sunday to try to steal this word and this gospel out of your life. There'll be a book slammed over here. There'll be this. Somebody's got to get up. Somebody's got to go. There's always spiritual warfare going on that's going on. Or maybe you're sharing in your living room and the phone rings, the baby cries, all that's going on. And you're at a pivotal moment where this person really on the verge of wanting to receive the gospel. And here we are at a place Paul is going to get to share the gospel with Jewish leaders and Jewish people. And here's old Slewfoot the devil stirring up a spiritual battle. And Paul blows it. Paul blows it. Man, Paul, the the straw that breaks the camel's back when he gets slapped across the cheek and all the frustration, all the anger, all the rejection begins to build up in Paul. All the exhaustion from the spiritual battles that he's been through mentally, physically, spiritually all begins to come out. And what does Paul do? God is going to strike you, you whitewashed wall. Paul's losing it and the enemy is having a field day. And the guy next to him says, yo, dude, do you know who you're talking to? And Paul's like, no, I don't know. That's the high priest. And this is the part I need you to understand. How does Paul respond to that? This is the high priest priest Paul reaches down inside of his heart and the spirit comes and pulls out the sword of the spirit and listen to what Paul says brothers I did not realize that he was the high priest for it is written if I had realized this I would have had self-control and would have never allowed myself to do that because the word of God that I've hidden in my heart says do not speak evil about your ruler of your people and he Paul pulls out the sword It is written. He begins to fight against that lack of self-control that the enemy is bringing. The enemy's there stirring up trouble and and, and doesn't want these people to hear the gospel. And I got news for you. No amount of somebody, hey, Paul, do you know who you're going to hit? No amount of the people saying, Brad, that your mama, uh, your joke was out of line. That's the high priest. Oh, my goodness. No amount of that is going to keep my self-control intact. No amount of that is going to stop the war. Warfare that's going on. Only the word of God that is inside of there. That the Holy Spirit can go down and deep into the heart. And pull out right when you need it. To to give you the power to have self-control. To give you the power to go on the offense. And to swipe the enemy. So that he flees and runs. Only the Spirit of God. Pull the sword. That's what I got. The revelation. I've read this a hundred times. Wait a minute. Sword of the Sword and spirit. Word and spirit. Word in here. Spirit making it alive. Coming out and offensively using it to say, Brad, get your self-control in check. The Word of God says this. Or I'm flipping by the channels. In a bathing suit. Beautiful woman. And I can stop the warfare. Spirit reaches way down inside. If you lust after a woman, you don't have to go through the act you've committed adultery in your heart, Brad. You're right, Lord. Get away, devil. I don't just resist him, I take a swipe at him, for it is written. It's written. It's written. I don't do this. Do you see the power of this weapon? It's different than the belt of truth. You go on the offense. You begin to attack, and that's what Paul does in this situation. When he's being attacked, he takes the scripture out, remembers it, and it's mixed with the spirit of God that begins to cause it to go on the offensive and to take uh, the 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 the. the, the Warfare to him. Paul only won the battle because he had the Word of God so deep in his heart. He only won the battle because he soaked in this Word. He only won the battle because he had more than little refrigerator sayings and little bread of life things on. Those are great. Learn them. Memorize Scriptures. But he had it because Raymond, he studied this book. He studied it. He knew it. He spent time with the Holy Spirit. He was in communion with God. And he had this Word hidden way down deep in his heart. Amen? Think about Jesus. Think about Jesus uh, in the temptation in the wilderness, and you remember what he, you remember that he's there, and all of a sudden, uh, this, this famous passage, 40 days and 40 nights that alone, no eating, that would break me right there. I'd be done. And, and 40 days and 40 nights there, he's tempted, and he's tempted with everything and, and all beyond exhaustion. Satan shows up face to face. And he comes at him with the most demonic temptation. He comes with him with suicidal thoughts. Throw yourself off this mountain. He comes to him with every weapon that he can come against. And Jesus only resisted the enemy... uh, actually taking, uh, he not only resisted the enemy, I mean, but he t- actually took a swipe at him. You remember how he took a swipe? It is written. It is written. It is written. And, and, and that was all inside of him. He had, had commune with the Father. He, he had been with the Father. He knew the Torah. He knew the Word of God. And now at the right time, when he is being threatened with spiritual warfare, when the enemy's coming in like a flood, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit can Go deep within the heart and bring forth out that word that is stored up there at just the right time. And begin to take a swipe at the devil and say, It is written, devil, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And guess what? The devil, after the third one, he left. He left for a season, right? You know where he quoted Y'all wanna know the book he quoted out three times? Yeah, dad. Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. Who reads Deuteronomy besides my dad? <laughs> Deuteronomy. You know what that tells me? That tells me even those books that are hard to read, if you will stay in them, they get stored up down inside your heart. You may not even be thinking, This isn't, this ain't even making sense. It's not even, it's not. Keep reading. It's getting down in the heart. It's being screwed down. It's being placed in there. And at the right time, the Holy Spirit can reach down in there and pull out even a book like Deuteronomy, where it feels like you're in the wilderness reading. It feels like, Is there anything in this place? that can help me out of this situation and God says just keep reading it just keep going through it I'm depositing something inside of your heart it's the word of God from Genesis to Revelation so all those in the Bible reading plan keep reading Leviticus read it put these things in your heart it still has the power to go toe to toe with Satan every single time so that begs the question do you study your word daily? Do you study the word? Do you study the Word? You might forget what you read. Well, Brother Brad, it just feels like I never understand. I never, it feels like I never remember what I'm reading. I don't care. Keep reading it. Because when you come under attack, it's planted inside of there. And the Spirit can pull it out just when you need it. When you're under attack, He'll come in and reach into your heart and bring it out. It will will carry weight. It will carry authority. It will go toe-to-toe with the enemy. And folks, I've seen it happen. I've been in hours of counseling. Marcy, no. I mean, the counseling situations get worse and worse. They get more difficult and more difficult as the hour goes on and the days go on. And you'll be sitting in your thinking, I am not qualified for this problem. There is no way. And I'm sitting there thinking, this is impossible. What is going on here? And as I'm sitting there and I'm telling them all kinds of things, I'm spouting off scripture, I'm telling them what I know, I'm telling them out of Brad's brain and what I think and my experience in marriage or my experience with children and I'm telling them all this thing. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God can reach down into my heart in one second. Those people, I could be going for two hours in a circle, two hours just going through, two hours, and the Spirit can drop something, go down inside, pull out the sword of the Spirit in just one thing, and I can give that one scripture and have them on the floor crying, no. repenting, and their whole life turned around. Totally. Just one scripture from the that's been put in there that I like, where did that come from? My friend Briston and I were yesterday, we were, we were on the phone talking. And man, he was, he was kind of heavy and we were both going, we were praying. He said, we read a scripture, he said, what do you think that means? And man, I just, in two seconds, something just leapt out of my heart. He started shouting, praying, and talking. He was like, for we just like, it was exactly what he needed, man. Like the Holy Spirit just pulled it out, and it was just like the what just what he needed in just a moment. Of time we spent all that other time just wasting, we didn't waste time, but, but 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 just having all that time. But in a moment, the Holy Spirit can read and in something that's not even a view that's been deposited there and just come out. Notice it's called the sword of the spirit, which means two things, and I'm getting ready to close here in a minute. Sword of the spirit, which means two things. Number one, it means this is not a man-made book. Sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. This is Holy Spirit inspired. This this is the people. This doesn't go up against the Koran or the Book of Mormon or any other book. This is God's word. This is inspired by God. This is this is the this, this book is different from every other book on the planet. This book is is Holy Spirit inspired. The men that penned it, well, it had a lot of authors. Well, the, you know what they were? They were just pens in the hands of the Holy Spirit. That's all they were. They were breathed upon, and they were the pen that wrote it down. But this book. Is inspired by the Holy Spirit. He is the author. And folks, I'm telling you, you can here's the problem today. We want to read Christian books. They're wonderful. Read Christian books. We want to read, like I said, scriptures that we put on the on the wall. We want to listen to radio Christian to Christian songs. We want to listen to podcasts. All those are good things, but they all should point you to here. And this is what you really need to be reading today because this is the sword of the spirit. This is what you're Need in the days ahead. Amen. It's different. It's different. And so this is where you're supposed to be, but it's confusing. Certainly, it's confusing. I remember when I started reading this and being in church, in a church where they read the book all the time. I went to church growing up. I'm sure they read it too, but I didn't. I carried it and went at home and took it back home. Never opened the page of it. But I'm telling you, these people I was around knew the scripture. I'm in there, I'm intimidated. I'm 21 years old or 22, 3. Whatever I was. And I'm like, I don't know anything about this book. They could quote everything. People like Tom and Cindy back there. Tending church with, right? I'm thinking, I'll never know the Bible like they are. But you start reading it. And God says, stay in it, Brad. Brad. Stay in it and you'll know it. Stay in it and I'll reveal it to you. Stay in it. And it wasn't long before then I'm teaching and people are calling me to ask me about the book. And I'm telling you it's the same thing with you. Stay in it. It was hard. I didn't understand. It's still hard. There's confusing things. But if you stay in it, God says I'll show you things that you could never, never, never imagine, folks. I'm telling you. it's, It's a beautiful book. It is the authority of the Word of God. Secondly, it also means that the Word or the sword does not Work by knowledge alone. I need you to hear this, church. I need this church to hear this because we battle this. If you only quote the word, but you have no relationship with the Holy Spirit, that's a dead letter. If you only quote the word of God, but you have no relationship with the Holy Spirit, you're just quoting a dead letter. You know a lot of this, but it's not alive. You must be in relationship between the Word and the Spirit. That's why it's called the sword of the Spirit. The sword of the Spirit. You need the Spirit to give you revelation of this. You've got to have the Spirit of God reveal this book to you. You've got to have the Spirit of God help you learn this book. Or it's just a dead letter. It's just mental ascent. It's just historical. It's just all of these other things. The Holy Spirit makes the Word alive. It's when you go, and how do, how do you get a sensitivity? How do you get this relationship with the Holy Spirit? Well, the best place is in prayer. It's in prayer. It's in prayer. It's it's getting alone and making time for prayer. You get into the Word of God, and you get into prayer. You adore God. You worship Him. You praise Him. And as you do this, as you spend 20 minutes a day, 30 minutes a day, whatever, He begins to circumcise your heart, and it brings a union, you in union with the Holy Spirit. Something begins to go on, and then when everything's messed up and everything's going wrong, this Word that you begin to put in your heart, the Holy Spirit is cultivating a sensitivity inside of you that you're getting in prayer that you're getting in relationship with him and all of a sudden now it's giving you the power to break through things that you need breaking through in your life and it's giving you strength to carry on when you want to give up and throw in the towel amen he can reach down deep and pull it out the word of God the word uh, your, your word uh, life is supposed to listen to this your word life is supposed to inform your prayer life your word life is supposed to inform your prayer life it's supposed to build up faith. How many read prayers in this book and you prayed them for yourself? Come on. I mean, there's some powerful prayers in this book. Psalms and other places. And you read that and you say, man, you can't do any better than that. So you begin to pray those prayers yourself. and then, But, but, but not only that, uh, then our prayer life is supposed to inform our word life. It's circular. It's not linear. It's circular. Then our prayer life is supposed to inform our word life. We pray and sensitivity comes to the Word of God. So prayer and the Word of God. Spending time with the Holy Spirit so that He can spark the Word of life in us and and begin to do something in our heart. You know why we did this study on the armor of God? In closing, because we've never experienced this type of spiritual battle that we're going through. In this generation. There's been other people experience battles like this before. But not, in the, not us in this generation. We've never, t- we've never experienced what we're experiencing. And here's, the, here's, I don't say this to bring gloom on the parade. But it's going to get tougher. And God has given us the resources. He's given us the resources for victory. He's given us, and I love this. When Paul says, put on this armor. You know what he follows it up with? So you can stand. When you put on this armor, he says emphatically and completely, you will stand, Cole. He's not saying maybe you'll stand. I hope you stand. Good luck. He says you put this on and you'll stand. You'll stand with the bridegroom in glory. You'll stand face to face with Jesus and you'll hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. you'll, You'll stand, you'll stand, you'll stand, you'll stand. And so you must understand here in the last days now that we're living in, in this evil time, the reality is we are warriors, we are fighting. And it's going to take more than just coming to church one Sunday a month to make it now. Just a couple of times a month won't work. Just reading this book sporadically. You must make up a a point to be disciplined. David Wilkerson used to tell his congregation, he used to say, you'd better be under the word more than one time a week. He said, the days that I've seen and that we're coming to you better be under the word more than one time. There's no option. Calling the Holy Spirit to cultivate our prayer and create a prayer language in us. We can't neglect the word and we can't neglect the spirit. Both are vital. Father, we love you. We thank you, God, for the message of this book. We thank you, God, for the armor, God, that you've been taking us through, God. Your word is spirit and your word is life, God. Lord, if there's anything I hope I encourage this group today to to, to realize is this book is the final authority. It is the Word of God. It's not Brad's sayings. It's not some preacher's sayings. It's not just a good uh, uh, something to add and make your life a little bit better or positive thinking or this or that. No, this is the Word of God. It's the word of God, and Lord, it 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 has the it has authority, and it has the uh, uh, power, especially when the Holy Spirit begins to come and and to uh, uh, to to cultivate a a, a relationship when we cultivate a relationship with Him. And God, we need both. We need both. uh, We we need not neglect the word, and we need not neglect the Spirit. And so, Lord, we need both of these. These are not an option. And so, Father, we ask you, Lord, to uh, God, to to just. quicken us and 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 make this a, a a reality in us a hunger for the word those that have grown stale and apart from your word God they feel like they're getting nothing out of it God give them the give them the discipline to go back into the pages of scripture and to pick back up with the Bible reading plan or somewhere and begin to go back into the word of God and read a chapter a day God and to just get the word of God down deep inside of them we're going to need it for the the battle that's ahead and Lord also to spend time with you in prayer adoration prayer worship, God. Uh, Lord, just uh, being acquainted with the Holy Spirit and, and, and so the Holy Spirit can, can, can cultivate our heart so that the Word of God is, uh, is there and able to be brought forth, God, whenever we get into the battle. Just like Paul, just like Jesus, like other people, Lord. We need this now, and God, we want it, Lord. We praise you in Jesus' name. If there's somebody here that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, God, it's as simple. As God open in their heart and life up to you, acknowledging they have sinned in their life, God, that they have uh, come short of the glory of God and that they need you as Lord and Savior and Messiah. God, you are the only mediator between man and God. You are, the, you are the man Christ Jesus who gave your life as a ransom for us. And anybody who calls on the name of the Lord can be saved. And so, Father, if there's somebody here, God, that you are tugging on their heart and they just they, they want to make sure they have a relationship with you, God, then, Lord, let them come up to me after this service, God, and grab me and say, I need to talk to you for a minute. Uh, God, uh, let, them, let them call on you and open their heart up to you to receive you. As many as received you, to them you gave them the power to become the sons and daughters of God. And we're so grateful for that, Lord. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.